0: Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dendi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On The Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complementary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. I am your host. Talaya Dendi. Today, our very special guest is Luella Williams. Luella is a three-time breast cancer survivor and cancer advocate. Luella was first diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 29 and has been preaching the importance of screenings since then. Luella is a founding member of the African-American Breast Cancer Alliance, and she is involved with the Breast Cancer Champions breast cancer education association and other groups luella is a fierce advocate for herself and others always facing life with a positive attitude she lives in south minneapolis with her husband al luella thank you so much for joining us today and welcome thank you for having me absolutely my pleasure And so, Ms. Luella, as I just mentioned, you are a three-time breast cancer survivor. Please share your breast cancer journey with us and um, how you felt having to face cancer three times. I was diagnosed at
1: the age of 29. I had a lump in my right breast and I knew something wasn't right because it was still there. So I went to the doctor and I called the doctors and they're like, well, we don't see nothing. We don't feel nothing. I'm like, I feel something and I know it shouldn't be there. So I went to have a mammogram done. Nothing showed up there. I had an ultrasound done. Nothing showed up there. So finally I went to a specialist and she aspirated And she thought I had a bloody cyst, but she wasn't for sure. So um, she went on, scheduled me for surgery. I had a lump ectomy. Um, I went in for the biopsy, but I didn't want to wait six weeks later. So I said, do the biopsy. If it's malignant, then do what you have to do. And I'll find out when I wake up. So they did. And in the recovery room is when I found out I had breast cancer. And I was like, why did I get this old lady disease? And, you know, not knowing and, you know, that you could get it at any age. I had to start advocating for myself um, because they just, was like, that's just so unheard of. Young women don't get breast cancer in their 20s and and uh, they didn't have any any foundations out like they do now. There was none when I was out there. So I was pretty much alone and I had to find and get a support group. And I went to one and it was just like, they were all having dinner parties and I said, no. So I went on and I did my 44 sessions of radiation plus six months um, of chemotherapy. When I went to do my chemotherapy, there was a little old man that was there. And he said, you're in the wrong room. I said, no, I'm not in the wrong room. It's says chemotherapy room. So I went back in and I sat down and we were having a conversation. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, you look like a very, very smart, intelligent young lady. He said, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't have a pit of party. There's always somebody worse off than you. He opened his mouth and part of his tongue was cut off due to cancer. He said, and I don't feel sorry for me. So don't you feel sorry. And I have kept that in the back of my mind for the last 34 years because it is very true that don't sit there and feel sorry for yourself because nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You know, you have to get up, do what you have to do. Yes, I was very scared because my family was they didn't know how to act, how to treat. Um, I was asking my, my mom and her sisters and stuff, did somebody of them have cancer? And they're like, oh, we don't talk about that. That's just not what we discussed. So, I mean, it was very hard to get a history on what they wanted from me. So... I was like, okay, so I went on, I did the chemo, I did the radiation. And 20 years later, it came back in the same breast. And it was behind the nipple. So I had partial mastectomy. And they were like, I didn't need chemo or radiation. But the third time, it came back, and it was in the muscle of the breast. So I had, a, I had a mastectomy. I had to do chemotherapy. And the doctor that I had, she didn't care about me. Um, and the reason how it, why I say she didn't care about me Is she was rushing everything on her time schedule and nothing was to be on my time schedule. But she would only be in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So she had every Wednesday marked off for me to come in for something. And I went in and they had just given me the nausea medicine. And I got... I started hyperventilating, I was sweating, Um, I cold blew, she didn't come, they came back around, and I was down in the emergency room, they gave me some prednisone, and I was like, what do I need this for? And they're like, well, she, she doesn't know what she needs this medication for, but yet she still hadn't came out of her meeting. So I learned then that mm -mm. she said, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And Elle said, nope, you're fired. She's not coming back. She is just not coming back here. And I went to one of my doctors and I asked her, I said, is it possible you can find my oncology doctor that I had when I was 29 years old? She said, "Well, I'll look and see." And so she called me and she said, "I found him." And I said, "Is would he be willing to see me again?" And she said, "Yes." Yeah. So I made an appointment, wait and saw him, and I've been with with him ever since. And The main thing and reason why I'm saying this is you have to get control and know your physicians. Know that if anything happens, they can come and get you in within 24 to 48 hours, especially if you're high risk. Um, If the doctor doesn't care about you, like the one I had, it was like, oh, well, she doesn't care about me. That's strange. And I go back and look, and they were in the middle of doing, um, what do you call it? Trials mm-hmm. on different medications. And she had signed me up. So I was like a guinea pig. And I didn't know this until I went and got my records. And I said, I didn't sign up for no guinea pig. So it's like, you have to be really cautious on the doctors you deal with. You have to be cautious and make sure you get your medical records. So you know what is going on. What's good for you. What's not good for you. And so I, I did that. And I was like, I don't, I told him, I don't ever want to see her again. Um, I don't care. I, I wasn't concerned about the money, but I was more concerned about how she treated people and how she was going to treat somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I called the doctor Kill there.
0: Okay. Wow. What an experience. And thank you for walking us through all of that, Luella, because you made so many great and important points. And that is taking as much control as you can of your healthcare, getting to know your your physicians and your doctors. And then also, not only were you an advocate for yourself, but your husband Al stepped in as your advocate as well. And so all of those are great points. And then finally getting your medical records and understanding what's on those records. So thank you so much for sharing that. My next question for you is, when you were diagnosed, how did you share that information with your children? Hard.
1: It was very hard. Um, I had to understand it myself um it was wasn't until they were older that I kind of explained to them because they were young they didn't really know so um once they got older then you know I found that cancer runs on his side and on my side so it's like telling them they need to go get their physicals get their um, bodies checked out and to be in tune with their body I tell them men can get breast cancer no way down (laughs) I said yes you have the breast tissue just like I do well I have a chest I know that but our boobs come out, yours stays in, but you still have the the breast tissue. So men can get breast cancer. Um, I've known a couple of men that has had breast cancer and they were not ashamed to pull their shirt up and show, yes, I've had breast cancer. I've been through radiation. I've been through chemotherapy, plus they had, you know, some other ailments that was going on. But, you know, just for men to recognize that they can get cancer just as well as women can. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you so much for pointing that out, because that is a huge misconception that, you know, some people still have, unfortunately, is that breast cancer only impacts women, but it does affect men as well. So thank you for pointing that out. I wanna shift a little bit Luella and talk about the work that you're doing in the community, community to help educate others about cancer.
1: I've been in the community for a minute now and I enjoy it. It's work that has to be done. Um, People are just now figuring out that whatever color of skin we are, we all need to come together. We are all women. We need to fight for each other. Um, Been able to get in different communities and getting the women to understand that it's okay to get a mammogram. It's okay. It might pinch a little bit, but pinch for two seconds or be dead and six feet under. You know, you have options. Um, you can't just say, oh, I don't feel like it today. And there might be some, something in your breast that you don't even know about or you can't feel. And you, we have the mammography truck there. And I'm like, well, you signed up. But I don't have insurance. We have SAGE that'll pay for it and get that. And, and a lot of them, no, I'm just tired. So I, I took them by the hand. I said, I'm going to tell you a little story. I said, I didn't have none of this when I first was diagnosed. I said, we didn't have mammography trucks. We didn't have programs. I said, you should go and get it done now. I said, don't wait, because then you're going to put it off for another year and you don't know. So she said, well, I'm kind of scared. And my mother always went with me. I said, I'll I'll walk you to the truck, and I'll stand right outside the truck, and I'll wait for you until you come off the truck. She came off the truck. She said, I am so relieved now. She said, I'm glad you you talked to me. You took the time to talk to me, to let me know. I have to think about me. I said, That's the key point. You have to take time out for yourself.
0: What a wonderful story. And all the work that you're doing in the community is helping to save so many lives, Luella. And I can speak to the fact that you are doing amazing work, especially in the Twin Cities area. Um, You're well known. And I just want to personally thank you for all of the wonderful work that you're doing that because you're helping to save lives. That's how important it is. So thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So my next question, um, you mentioned this before about being in better tune with our bodies. So in what ways do you believe men and women can be better in tune with their bodies?
1: I believe that you you should know your body. You bathe it, you shower, you wash it. And Take a little time to, to check everything out. Make sure you don't feel no, no lumps and bumps and, and that you don't feel anything that shouldn't be there. If you find something that should not be there, then you need to be going to the doctor and ha- at least have it checked out. It might not be nothing, and then again, it might be something. But it's important to know your body. You bathe your body. You dress your body. You know if 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 you have different signs or something that wasn't there yesterday, but I saw it today. And I'll give it a couple of days. And if if it's not right, then I know I'm calling my doctor and I'm going
0: yeah wonderful advice and you know um like you said when you're taking your shower you're bathing or whatever take a few minutes to just check yourself over um because you had shared with me before that you know just because you checked yesterday and didn't find anything doesn't mean that there can't be anything there today that's how rapidly things can change exactly and uh luella I want to talk a little bit about some other types of cancer, like cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, and colon cancers. They typically don't have warning signs. And so oftentimes they're caught at later stages. Uh, Give us some advice on how people can catch these kinds of cancers earlier. Well, it's
1: called, one thing, know your body. Um. If your stools are not right, um, you need to, you know, get a colonoscopy. Um, you know, it's not the pleasantry thing to do or to have, but at least you know that there's nothing growing up in you. Um, cervical and ovarian cancer. There's no warning for that. So ladies have to make sure when they go in for pap smears and and their OBGYN checkups, have the doctor feel around. If they're not sure, request um, an ultrasound or request an MRI, request something so that you can see it and know that it's not um, anything in there there's no sign you you can have it a lot of people don't know they've had it and they can have it four or five years and then all of a sudden their stomach blows out and they don't know what it is and then they go oh you have stage four ovarian cancer or stage four cervical cancer and that means you have a lot of chemo to go through they have to remove everything. And it's, it's just precautionary that you stay in tune with your body, you go to your doctor, you get your regular checkups. If you have questions, write them down, take somebody with you. um, Because you might forget and, and they're right there. Oh, I, I have uh, some questions I need to ask and I want to know. And if you feel that you can't answer them today, then I'm gonna schedule another appointment so we can sit out and we can discuss this together.
0: Great advice. And it's so important like you said to have your questions if you can prepared ahead of time so that when you get there, you're talking with the doctor know you can make sure that the things that you're concerned about are being addressed because that time, it, it's a small window. They have 20 minutes tops sometimes to talk with you. And so if you can just be organized and make sure you have all your ducks in a row, then that you have a better chance of getting your concerns addressed. So,
1: And, and, that, and that's what's important. Get your ducks in a row. Get your, you know, if you're not sure how to, you want to ask a question, ask somebody or kind of go in there and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed or scared, but I, I don't see, I don't know if I have symptoms of ovarian cancer or cervical cancer, um, uterine cancer, you know, and women have died from this years and years because there was no treatment for it. And sometimes it's not the uterine cancer that kills them. They can have something else like strokes, heart attacks, stuff like that. So, I mean, things, you don't have to die from cancer. You know, that's my biggest
0: Point you don't have to die from cancer. I agree 100%. And, you know, I want to, let's segue into talking about myths about cancer, because that is still a stigma and a myth that, you know, if you get diagnosed with cancer, you just die. There are more survivors in the world today than ever. And so, one thing I want to talk about, like I said, are the myths surrounding breast cancer or just cancer in general. For example, uh, one person had said to me that, you know, if a woman doesn't have a history of breast cancer in her family, she won't get breast cancer. And I had to explain to her that that's not true. And so um, what are some of your thoughts about the myths surrounding cancer? The myth
1: surrounding cancer is that old school, we didn't talk about it. It wasn't a a topic we sat at the dinner table and discussed. We couldn't go ask the family, um, would did so-and-so have cancer or did such-and-such have, you know, and they're like, why are you being so nosy? you know, stuff like that. So, you know, now it's very important that they know about the different cancers and that you don't have to die from them, but you need to get checked out. Some of the myths that I've heard is that you can take... um that herb stuff, um, that'll cure you. Uh, You you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do this, but you have to, you know, do some other stuff. And, And some of that, I'm just, I don't know for, you know, for a fact if it works, if it doesn't work. I knew what worked for me. And that was I prayed to my higher power each and every day and asked him to give me the strength to go and do this. And then I asked him, what is it you want me to do? And he's and it was like he wants me to go out and educate women and men because there's no reason to be ignorant about diseases and that was one of my main thing my main goal was to get people to understand that it doesn't matter your age it doesn't matter your race it doesn't matter if you're rich poor single married whatever it still can get you and you have to not wallow and ooh-ah. I mean, I, I had my ooh days, but I got over it and I did what I had to do because I had to be the prime example and let people know that, you know, you, you don't have to die from it. You, you can get cured or you can be a survivor.
0: I agree 100%. It's like, you just can't just sit down and say, throw up your hands and say, I can't do this, or I give up. You know, it's a time in your life where you have to show up for yourself more than ever. And in most cases, when you do that, you will eventually get on the other side of cancer, you know, um, and just like you said, having that faith, believing in your higher power and asking for that strength to just keep going. So thank you so much for sharing that. You touched on like herbs and things like that. So um, when it comes to conventional medicine and naturopathic or holistic medicine, I believe they both can be effective when used correctly and Used in a complementary way. Now, of course, that that is dependent upon each person's individual situation or case or type of cancer, and so um, I think they both can be effective. What are your thoughts, and what advice do you have for people considering one or the other? I think first you should talk
1: it over with your doctor. Um, because he or she might have something a little different, or maybe start you off on small dosages to see, you know, just don't go in there and take a whole big dose of something that you're not sure of what you're doing. And then you make yourself really sick. And then you don't know what's really wrong with you. So I I I my advice would be talk to your doctor and then if you have a holistic person, talk to them and see what they say. Because some things can be good for you, some things can't be good for you. So I it's best to, to get a second opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong <laughs> with a second opinion. And you know, even if you agree with what your doctor's saying, it still doesn't hurt to get that second opinion because that might give you a different perspective. So, and again, I, I just want to point out that everyone's situation is different. You know, some people may need more chemotherapy than, than others you know, a certain holistic uh, remedy or therapy may work for one person and not the other. So like you said, talk it over with your doctor. And I wanna talk about your your advocate, your husband, Al. And please share with us, um, because Al was diagnosed with cancer as well. Please tell us a little bit about Al and his, you know, um, his battle with cancer also. Okay, back
1: in 2014, he had been going to the doctors and he kept telling them there was like something in the throat. And they were looking, they're like, no, there's nothing there. So I went to the doctor with him and I told the doctor, I said, there's something in his throat. And so... We went up to ENT and they numbed the nose and and went in and they found a little, it was like a little white tumor on the larynx. And he said, oh, he said, well, I think we're going to have to take that out. I said, okay, so let's, let's get the surgery. Let's get this stuff scheduled. So I know where, when and where we have to be, what time I'm there. And so we got, I got him in, got, you know, got to surgery and they do it in. And they said, well, he had to come back in a couple of days. So we went back in a couple of days, they had the results back and it was malignant. And so he had to do six, six to eight weeks of radiation, no chemotherapy, but it burnt, like, his whole neck under his chin, and uh, you know, his swallowing and stuff. They had to give him liquid medicine, and like kept, you know, I went with him. I didn't go every day, but when he saw the doctor, I was there. I didn't go to the radiation appointments, but when he saw the doctor, I was right there because he could hardly talk, and so... When um, he was, you know, I told people, he's not able to talk. So, you know, don't call and be thinking he's going to sit and talk to you for an hour or two, because it's painful. It hurts. And he started healing up. He started healing up. And they finally, you know, said that he probably wouldn't really talk talk good um said that he probably wouldn't sing anymore and he grew up singing and the three boys you know they they were singing with them and stuff and so now it's he's eight years in july that he's able to talk he's able to sing nothing has grown back um and so being there and being able to advocate because he couldn't talk. And I find that sometimes doctors don't listen because if the patient doesn't know what they're seeing or he, they don't, they can't figure out what the doctor, what the, patients trying to say to the doctor, they're like, oh, okay, you're done, Mm -hmm. you know, and you haven't got your question answered. And so um, I made sure he would tell me what he wanted me to ask the doctor. So I had the list and they go, oh, you can't come to the doctor by yourself. He said, yeah. I said, oh, but I see every time you come, your wife is with you. I said, that's right. I say, because I'm his mouthpiece, I'm his advocate. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure he's okay and that you all understand what's going on. I'm quite sure a lot of wives or a lot of husbands have been there for their spouse and did what they had to do because a person couldn't talk or get the sentence out or explain and, and they're trying to strain and talk and it's hurting them more than anything.
0: hmm And I just love how you guys, you and Al, took care of each other when you both were, you know, on your cancer journeys and looking out for each other and advocating for each other. So that is critical. That is what people need. Um, unfortunately. Uh, A lot of people, they try to face cancer alone. And what you've shared with us throughout this podcast episode has been a common theme. Have an advocate, ask for help, you know, and you also mentioned resources that are now available that were not available when you were first diagnosed with breast cancer. And so the help is out there. The information is out there. You know, for some people, if you don't know where to start, just reach out to someone like Luella, myself, and there are people that will guide you. So thank you so much, Luella, for sharing all of the great information that you've shared with us today. Is there anything else that you would like to share? One
1: thing or a couple of things I would like to share is women be strong. You know, we have time for the cat, the dog, the pig, the bird, whoever else, and whatever else. We don't take that me time for ourselves. And that's very, very important. You got to have that time to sit down and saw so you know and you can think and say, okay, now I need to do this, this, and this, and and don't skip mammograms, don't skip pap smears, don't skip any that you feel that's not a very good um, reason to not to go to the doctor, because that's when things happen, and then you want to get all tizzied and flowered up and and fly off the handle because, oh, my God, it ha- I don't know what I'm going to do. And you get all ecstatic about it. And people, they're going to look at you like, well, you should have went to the doctor. What is wrong with you? People didn't have insurance. They have. They can give you insurance. They can get you insurance. They can make sure you have the proper things that you need. You don't have to go through um, life and feeling that, oh, don't nobody care about me. Nobody cares, you know, and there's a lot of people that care. Maybe you just don't see them. Maybe you just can't feel them. But there's people out there that care about you, want the best for you, and want to make sure that you are a healthy, healthy person. Men, same thing for you. Don't, when it comes to the prostrate, when it comes to colon, when it comes to Just having a complete physical, get it done. Women go through giving birth. Men can go through and have colonoscopies and and get that and get checked out just like we do. You know, it's not not 50, 50, 75, 25. You know, it's cancer is cancer is cancer. And it affects everybody, anybody, young, old, blind, crippled, and crazy. We all can get it, but we all have to do what we need to do. And that's take care of ourselves.
0: Go. Wow, such wise words from a woman everybody who has face cancer three times in our life. So she knows what she's talking about and take her advice into consideration. So thank you so much for that Luella. And one thing I want to go back and do is I had mentioned the word battle cancer. I don't like to use those kind of words. And so I just want to go back and scratch that off the record. You know, I I'd just rather say facing cancer or on a cancer journey or something like that. So my apologies to the audience out there. Um, and before we end Luella on top of all the, wonderful advice that you've given us so far and the education. There's two more questions that I like to ask all my guests. The first question is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the audience, if it's something other than what you've already shared? (laughs) What I've learned in life, what I
1: know today, if I knew 34 years ago, I would have Done something different, um, but they didn't have resources, so I had to I had to work with what I what I did have. Um, there's all plenty resources out there now. They you know they used to have um, little flyers from different organizations. But since COVID hit, they don't really drop that stuff off anymore. But what I know today, I wish I knew 34 years ago, that you don't have to die from it. It's, not, it's a disease, but you don't have to let it kill you. And I refuse to let cancer kill me.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And the next question is, what is next for you, Luella? What is
1: next for me is to get back out in the community and work and get more ladies screened. We are now in um, the native community. We're in the Somali community. we've been in the Spanish and Laotian communities. So getting out there and letting them know that you don't have to face it alone. Um, some cultures were, the men was in charge, but now it's like, ladies take charge of your body. You know, don't let somebody discourage you, whatever you've made up in your mind. If you feel that you want both your breasts removed, that's fine too. If you want one of them removed, that's fine. If you want reconstruction, that's fine also. You know, just have an A, B, and C plan.
0: Great advice. And again, Miss Luella, it has been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for your time and for being a guest on my show. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. And um, I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, Let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.